Oh, 47 years. And I sure hope it works out. We're, we're hoping we make it all the way. Hallelujah. Uh, it's so wonderful. It is a special honor to have Pastor Tom Renard and his daughter Rachel with us. Tom and I have been closely knit together for 46 years. I have no one in the ministry, friend, that we've served together. We're in the same church together, pastors and serving God and youth. And I was just trying to think tonight, Tom, of all the nations of the world in the 46 years that we have been in together, from Africa to Asia to Lebanon, Israel. I mean, of so many of the nations that came up on the screen, I thought Tom and I have been there together. And uh, when I got out of the military in 1976, Tom was part of the church that Carol and I became the youth pastor of. And Tom, of course, now is the pastor of that church. And I just cannot tell you in 46 years all the mischief we have gotten up to together. <laughs> not, not too much. But uh, I just love him. And I always have. And from the day I knew Tom Renard, I knew his heart. And I knew that here was a genuine seeker and a genuine follower, a totally committed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He married Pastor Messer's daughter, which is a good thing, and uh, has been pastoring the church there in Yuma that we came out of now for about 20 years, Tom? How long? How long have you been pastoring the church since Pastor Messer retired? 22 years now. But uh, how many times have you been to Australia? A lot. Like... Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't keep track either, but I know I have flown back to Yuma or Arizona about 150 times in 35 years, I can tell you that. But Tom, it's so good. It's been three years since we've had Tom here with us, obviously. And he shared the word this morning just from his heart. It was just rich. And he's going to share the word with us tonight on this Mission Sunday. Next week, Tom's going to Canberra to be with Joe and Dave at our location there. Week after that, he's going to go up and visit Troy and Nicole up in Darwin and be a part of their service up there. Why don't we welcome Tom Renard as he comes to share the word. Go ahead and be seated. <laughs> That's my grandson. <laughs> I had to have a look at him before I preach. You know, I've had people tell me over the years, we waited a lot of years to have grand, you know, before we were able to see grandbabies and, um, I'm telling you, there's, I've not seen anything or experienced anything that sweet in my life since, uh, since I had my kids. And there's just another depth and another level there. And, but anyhow, I can't even imagine how, if I can feel that kind of love for my, my kids, my grandkids, I can't imagine how much love God feels for us. And you know what hurts me a lot is whenever I can't reach in and do something for my kids when they're hurting. When they're when they're in need, whenever they've got a you know something going on, I know there've been times. You know, I have two daughters. Rachel's with me, and uh, we have a daughter, Sarah, at home. Obviously, she's the one with the grandbabies. And how many times I've just wanted to be able to do what God can do, and that is reach into the heart and, and heal something or, or touch something. But I want you to know tonight that God, by His Holy Spirit, knows what every person is going through. He knows where you are. He knows what 
you feel like you've missed. He knows what you feel like you failed at maybe and it's too late. And he says, it's not too late. He knows where you are and where he's going to take you. And God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he has begun a work. And the only way he won't finish that work is if we, is if we resist. If we won't allow him to work in our lives. And so this morning I was, uh, I took some time and I kind of developed uh, the thought that, uh, you know, when Jesus ascended, he talked to the disciples right before he left, actually in the book of John. And he was talking to them about, you know, he was going to be going away. And I'm sure they didn't get it. They didn't understand altogether. But he said, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. And he says, if I go away, it's to your advantage that the Holy Spirit comes. And I want you to know he was talking to us. He's talking to us tonight. And we hit a few of those things this morning. I'm not going to go back over those, but, and there's so many different things. I was actually just sitting there today looking over my notes and thinking about different scriptures. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know what to pray for. He helps us. Have you been in that place where you just, you know, you've prayed everything you know to pray and you're thinking it's not enough? I don't think I covered it well enough. I'm not, I don't even know how to pray. I've been in that place. I don't even know how to pray. Well, that's another advantage of the Holy Spirit that he helps us to pray. He prays, we, he prays through us as we pray in the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, have you ever been in that place where you're praying and the Lord will just begin putting something in your heart and you'll begin to pray a certain direction. You're thinking, I'm not sure about that. I'm not wrong, but it's like, it's like out of the blue. I believe that God does that. God can do anything he wants to do without us, but he chooses to use us. He chooses to involve us in what he's doing. And uh, so tonight, I just want to hit the, a few more of these thoughts uh, on the advantage of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about. And there's more. There's more even in these, in these uh, chapters that I've gone through from this morning into tonight. There's more in here. But... Uh, let me just take a second and pray. And as I pray, I just want you just to open your heart because the thing is, it's not about just getting information. I want God to touch our hearts. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you for uh, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. I thank you that tonight you, you, you do lead us and guide us into all truth. Uh, Lord, you speak to us. You give us peace. You give us peace. You bring back to our remembrance. You do all those things. You bring back to us the things that you've spoken to us at the right time in the time of need. And Lord, I pray that tonight as we look into your word, as we look into the scriptures again for a few more minutes, Lord, we would take what you're speaking, what you're telling us through the scriptures, and Lord, we wouldn't just acknowledge it. We would receive it. We would allow, allow you, Holy Spirit, to, to begin to operate within us with this with these advantages, with these gifts. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So, okay, I want to hit uh, just one. This is John chapter 15. And I know I'm kind of jumping in a little cold turkey, but uh, maybe you could get last this morning and maybe look at it and listen to it. But uh, John 15, uh, Jesus says, But when the Helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth... He, see, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. 
and you and he will and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Now, as I was looking at that today, I'm thinking, well, not just today, I was looking at it again, but I remember when I first was looking at this verse, I was thinking, I don't know if I get that. I mean, I kind of can put some pieces together, but let me just share just a thought that kind of had come to me. Uh, you know, when I was a young believer, when I first came to Christ, um, I was pretty timid. I was pretty shy. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, I was willing to talk to people about Jesus, but people that knew Jesus already, I really didn't want to talk to people who didn't know Jesus because I didn't know how to do that. It was like, I don't know what they're going to say. And so, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was afraid. I was afraid to witness, you know. I know that was one of the things that Pastor Jack did. You know, he really encouraged us to share our faith. And, you know, with the youth, you know, we would take the youth out and we would do things that today I don't know that I would dare do. But we, back in those days, we would knock on doors. We would go on the street. We would do all kinds of things just looking for someone to share our faith with, to talk about, you know, our faith with. And, and, but I just remember my big fear was I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how they were going to respond. I didn't know if they were going to be angry. I didn't know what to expect. And so every single time we would go into those environments, I would be... I would just be so nervous. It's like I couldn't, I couldn't spit. There was nothing in my mouth, kind of like it is right now. <laughs> but I'm not nervous now like I was then, that's for sure. But uh, so basically, I was just afraid, to be honest with you. I was just afraid. And so I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit would help me. I didn't realize that. Now, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I had received the baptism, the infilling with the Holy Spirit in my life. I had uh, been given a prayer language, and I, I could pray in the Spirit. I loved the, to just kind of uh, just sit and just to receive from the Lord. But I didn't realize that he was willing to testify through me to others. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that, that you know, he, it was, he, I was the vessel. He wanted me to be the vessel that would step up and step out and go. And wherever I found people and had the opportunity that I could begin to, maybe with an open opportunity, begin to share what God had done in my life. I was basically just trying to do it on my own at that point. But, but Jesus tells us here in John chapter 15, verse 26, one of the Holy Spirit's ministries is to testify it's one of his ministries is to testify. And so Jesus says when the Holy Spirit comes in verse, yeah, verse 26 here, he says, he will testify of me. And that word testify here describes a person or a witness in a court of law. Maybe some of you have been called to testify in court on someone's behalf or in a situation, something you saw. And, and that, that person who, who's called to testify, he's called to give an authentic witness, to give an authentic story. Tell something authentic. Don't make something up. And they put, have you put your hand on the Bible and they tell you, well, here's the thing. It's the spirit of God inside of us. And he's going to share, he's not going to have us share things that we don't know, but God has done things in our life. And sometimes I don't know how to bring it out, but the Holy Spirit begins to help me to share what God has done in my life. And so there, uh, that, that witness is, is called uh, to, to give uh, an authentic testimony, uh, firsthand information, no secondhand stories. 
Now, I love sharing stories that other people have shared with me, but it's a little hard for me to use that in my testimony. I know a guy that nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. You know, it's my personal story, and that's one thing the Holy Spirit does. Uh, This word is used to describe uh, uh, the testifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. He, 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 He testifies through us. We are witnesses. We are witnesses. It it means that the Holy Spirit will partner with us and empower us to testify and witness about Jesus. That's a comfort. I'm telling you, that's a comfort. You know, the scripture, I didn't write it down, but the scripture that says that, you know, in that day, in that time, that he'll bring back to our remembrance the words. We already talked about him doing that, but he'll put words in our mouth. When you don't know what to say, don't try to come up with words. Don't worry. He'll tell us what to say when we're standing in that place. And that's the Holy Spirit doing that. That's the Holy Spirit that does that. Actually, you had that verse. It's Luke 12, verse uh, 11 and 12. Now, they, when they bring you in the synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, don't worry about uh, what you, how you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you that very hour what to say. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it almost, seems almost impossible it feels to, to open my mouth and say anything because it's like I'm looking at lions. They're waiting. I, I feel like they're just waiting, you know, in that situation, especially when I don't know folks real well and I'm going to tell them about Christ. You know, over the years, uh, you know, when I first got saved, I got saved in 1972, got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1973, which was a major turning point in my life. And, uh, this verse, I can't see I grabbed it right off the bat, but maybe 10, 15 years later, there's a verse here. It's Acts chapter 16, verse 31. And it says, believe in the Lord and you will be saved. Believe the Lord, you know, in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved and your household. And of course, I, I looked at that and I'm thinking, how does that work? Well, I'll tell you how it works. I got saved. I'll tell you my own story on this real quick. I got saved and I shared with my brother and I shared with my brother and I prayed for my brother, and I witnessed to my brother, and I testified to him different times, and he would do nothing. We'd get mad and spit at me and tell me, get away, I don't care what you say, you know, you're no different than me, and all this, but I would continue, and not, not being, you know, not getting uh, overly whatever. I mean, I would give him his space, but he continued to watch my life, and I was testing, here's the thing, we don't just testify with our words, we testify with our life that we live the life that God's called us to live. And so as, as I look back at that verse now, you know, that you believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. Well, let me tell you what ha- has happened since that time. I've prayed and I've led my brother to Christ. I've prayed and, of course, my brother went to be with the Lord. I've prayed and led my mom to Christ. My mom's gone to be with the Lord. I've prayed and led my Uncle Michael to Christ and my uncle Michael is just doing fine. He's home. I prayed and led cousins. My, my cousin Tim, uh, I, I don't know, I don't think I literally prayed with him personally, but he told me I just watched your life. And when he finally started coming around back in about 2000, when we took over this role at the church, he came, he connected, he plugged in. My cousin Misty. I'm just saying, in my family, and it wasn't a lot of standing up and preaching at him and spitting at him. It was sharing the hope that I had when I had the opportunity and being led by what the Holy Spirit would put in my mouth to say at the time, the Holy Spirit testifies through us. 
in more ways than our words. He testifies through us with our actions and people watching our lives. And so I would definitely say that is an advantage. Don't discount that. Don't think it's been too long. Oh, you know, they've seen my mistakes. They've seen my, don't worry about that. Just continue on and allow him. I think that's the thing is we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. That is definitely an advantage that he helps us to uh, know what to say, to testify through us. The, the next one is the, advantage, the advantage of the Holy Spirit is that he convicts the world of sin. Now, this is, this is an interesting verse, and I don't have all understanding of this. I'll tell you right up front. Um, but let me just share the thoughts that I do have. He convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Verse 8, let me start here. This is John chapter 16, verse 8 through 11. It says, when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father, my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment because the rulers of the world are judged. The sin that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of is not smoking and drinking. It's not using drugs and and, and lying and cheating. I mean, he'll convict of that, definitely. But the one sin that he convicts the world of is the sin that they don't believe in Jesus. That's, that's an advantage. You know, I can go back to what I just shared a minute ago with my, with my family. You know, God, how do you, I mean, how do you reach people that have, first of all, if I'm the, the billboard they're looking at, I think you're really not going to do too well. Because they knew me. They knew my ins and outs. But the thing was, God began by his Holy Spirit to convict them. There's people in your life, and the thing is, the Holy Spirit will convict their hearts of sin. What's the sin? See, some people go, oh, I've smoked, and I've drunk, and, I'm, and then they'll start giving a big laundry list. But the one sin that the Holy Spirit goes for is the fact that they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in Jesus. Nobody has ever gone to hell for smoking and drinking. Nobody's ever gone to hell for doing drugs. That might have been, you know, something that led them to just losing their life in the natural. But people go into eternity without Christ because they won't put their faith in Christ. They don't believe or they won't receive him. That's one thing that the Holy Spirit does. And let me tell you how he does that. And it's just my thought. He does that as we allow him to work through us by showing the love of God, by not calling attention to anything in people's lives other than the fact that Jesus loves you. God loves you. Sharing the love of God, not, not giving them the big laundry list of, of do, do's and don'ts. You better not do this and you better not do that. He convicts the world of sin. It also says that he convicts of righteousness. Who's he convicting of righteousness? Let me tell you who he convicts. Me. He has to tell me that I'm righteous. He convicts me. I, you tell him you're righteous. Oh, no, I'm just a worm. You're a righteous man. You're righteous by the blood of Christ. That's what he does. He convicts us of who we are in him. Man, I love that part. He's only, sometimes he's the only one that reminds me of the righteousness of God on my life. Because every thought, and there's so many different things in the world, but tell me. So the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin, and he wants us to be a part of that by telling people how much God loves them and how much the gospel is, is, is set out for them. The hound, I was thinking of the hound of heaven. 
God has, I remember there was a song back in the 70s, I think it was called The Hound of Heaven, I don't remember, maybe it was a line in a song, but I didn't really understand what, stand what that meant at that time, but I began to understand that God won't let people go, just won't let them go. You know, ah, well, they're, they're too busy, they're not interested. He hounds them and hounds them and continues to convict and convict. This is Mission Sunday. And the thing is, missions begins at home. And I love financing missions in, the, in every way that I can with my mission dollars and with our mission dollars in the, in the church in Yuma. But the truth of the matter is, is I don't want to, to, to delegate missions to others. I want it to be who we are. You know, I want it to be not just what we believe in and what we finance, but what we do as well, as well. The Bible says there's no other name under the heaven by which men may be saved. That's, you know, so the truth of the matter is, is I, I guess the Holy Spirit just wants to bring us back to the remembrance. So, Lord, what are you convicting these people of? They don't believe in Jesus. They've not accepted Jesus. Well, I need to talk to them about their, their language, and I need to talk to them about, just let them know that they need to put their faith in Jesus, put their faith in Christ. Man, I don't want, I don't want to be the guy that's, that's coming up behind people and telling them how, how bad they are and, you know, naming all their sins. I heard a guy say one time, you know, that we have to name all of our sins. And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to hell then because I don't even remember half the ones that I did. I don't remember. I, com- I confess the ones that I, that, I, that I know about, the ones that the Holy Spirit brings back to me. But the thing is, is my past is washed away. And the truth is, that's really how easy it is and how powerful it is. Just sharing that hope. And the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us in that way. And so the gospel's got to be preached, and it gives the Holy Spirit something to work with. The gospel's got to be preached. If, if nobody's getting saved, I'll tell you something. It's because the gospel's not being preached. If nobody's getting saved, somebody's not being told that God loves them and that Jesus died for their sin and that he wants them. He wants them. All right. Let me look at this last one here tonight. And this is uh, John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says, however, when the, Holy, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell, the King James says, show you things to come. He will tell you and show you things to come. He will He will. Tell you things that you don't know, and he'll tell you things to come. He'll show you things to come. You know, this is kind of, um, I guess, Christianity 101. Uh, he guides us, and he speaks to us, and but yet he also wants to show us things to come. You know, in in uh, in, in in Acts where he. Uh, the Lord is, is speaking. He's actually talking about, about Joel, the scripture in Joel. And he says, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Let me tell you what I believe the Holy Spirit does. He helps us to see the future. He helps us to see the future. He helps us to see an, a better day. He helps us to see, uh, you know, why we're going through whatever we're going through, uh, that that's what the, the outcome is ahead. It's not about this is it. This is, this is the way it ends. He helps us to, to have a vision for a better day to dream a better dream. And how many times has God spoken to us things that we didn't understand? Is that God? Well, how do I know? How do I know it's God? I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But you know, you know, as I've gotten older, I dream a lot. 
And some of them are just crazy dreams, pizza dreams and stuff, you know. But sometimes I dream dreams, and it's like they stick with me. And I don't really understand them, but, but I hold on to them. And, you know, some dreams, you, you wake up, and you, you're thinking, wow, that was weird. And, and you get up, and by the time you have a cup of coffee, you can't even remember what it was. I can't anyway. It's like it's just fleeting. But there's other dreams that ha- happen. And I'm not just talking about dreams in the night. I'm talking about dreams that God's put in your heart. The Holy Spirit will bring that back. There's people here that have got dreams and that God has given you a dream for something, for someone, for a situation, for uh, whatever. God's given you a dream about something and it hasn't happened yet, but I want you to know the reason you can't forget that is because he's not going to let it go. He wants you to hold on to that dream and to press in and to allow he's going to show you things to come. He's going to show you things to come. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, the older we get, the older I get, there's a tendency in my mind to think, well, when's the next crew coming? When's the next team coming in to kind of take over? And, you know, I'm good to step into a different role, whatever that would look like to the Lord. But the fact is, I'm not, I, I'm not thinking that God is, is wanting us to, to basically, quote, retire and be done. I think he continues to speak to us and speak through us as we struggle with th- things uh, that we, we feel like have the upper hand in our lives. We've got to remember the dream. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I was talking about Joseph, how that you know, Joseph had gone through what he had gone through. Uh, actually, like 21 years, over 20 years, Joseph had been living in Egypt. But all the things happened, and then, of course, his brothers come around. And when they finally, when he saw his brothers, and he's standing there, this is what, I, what caught my heart. It says, and when he saw them there, and, of course, they were bowing down. They didn't know who he was. It says, when he saw them, he knew who they were. And it says, he remembered the dream. Yeah. He remembered the dream. I don't think he had really ever forgotten it, but it's like it was like, boo, there it is. And he, I think he took steps back and he realized that God's hand had been on him. I know he knew that, but it's like maybe he thought that that day would never come or maybe it just wasn't on his mind. Maybe, I don't know. But it says, if you read that scripture, it says when Joseph was there and his brothers came and he says, you're spies. And there's, oh no, we're not spies. And he questions them and goes through all this. And then he says, he says, uh, he talks to them about it, their father, and they tell him, and do you have a brother? And he tells them, yeah, we have a younger brother. He was kind of questioning them. But when he looked at them and they were bowing down, I think the day will come when you will see things in your life if you don't let it go, and God will bring back the dream. He will bring it back. But I think the Holy Spirit's the one that gives it to us. The Holy Spirit's the one that keeps us. How do we keep a dream alive? I believe we talk about it. We talk about it. Maybe we talk about it to ourselves. Maybe we write. I write stuff. I write so much stuff down. I've got journals. I've got stuff that I write things down on. And it's like, man, I hope nobody ever reads this until it happens. And I'm like, look what I wrote about 20 years ago. You know, but I, I just honestly believe that the Holy Spirit gives us things. He speaks to us. He gives us those dreams. He tells us about things to come. And I think the Lord is telling people even today, in this house about things to come. And maybe in your mind, you're thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like life, church life. The church, it seems like the church does this and then it does this 
And then it does this. And so many times when we're doing one of these, I think this might be it. But then God starts up again. And then it's like, I want to live here. But God says, no, I want you to live here. And 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 don't forget the dream. And the Holy Spirit's the one that helps us to keep that alive. I'll go back and I'll mention one verse as I close. Remember the verse I mentioned earlier this morning in Jude 20, where, where Jude tells those that he's writing to, he says, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I think praying in the Holy Spirit is praying in tongues, but I also believe it's praying everything that I know in the understanding the Holy Spirit tells me to pray for. I don't think it's just turning my brain off and just going off praying in tongues. I do that, and I think that's advantageous. But I think sometimes we've got to pray the dream. We've got to pray the things that God has spoken to us and the things that God has spoken through us and the things that God's promised us and the things that he won't let us forget. I want you to know the Holy Spirit never was given just to make us comfortable. I know he's called the comforter, but he was, he was given to us to help us to move forward, to not lose heart and to not give up. Now, tonight... Let me just, one last quick story about bringing back. You know, back in, I don't know how many years it was ago, about 2006, I think, 2007, Pastor Messer had a heart attack. And we were living in Yuma. We're still living in Yuma. But he was living in Prescott at that time. And, um, of course, when you get a call, and the call, you know, and on the other end, they say, uh, you know, Pastor, of course, it was Dana talking, and our mom said, your dad's had a heart attack. And it's like, what do you do? Anyway, and so, you know, we jump in the car and we're taking off. It's about a three and a half hour drive to Prescott. And so we're driving up there and we're praying and doing nothing but praying, praying the whole time. We weren't talking. We weren't stopping for drinks. We weren't, we were praying, just praying and praying. And we got about probably halfway there and Dana said, it's going to be okay. And that is her dad. You know, if anybody loves their dad, it's Dana. She loves her dad. And anyway, she says, the Lord just spoke to me. It's going to be okay. And I said, amen, baby. Oh, shut up. And she goes, no, no, Tom. The Lord told me it's going to be okay. Not like, you know, I don't want you praying anymore, but she's like, no, no, you didn't hear what I said. The Lord told me it's going to be okay. And so we got up there. And, of course, it's still real sober and somber. And, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do. And they eventually find out that he needs, a, you know, like a quadruple bypass. And it's like Dana's saying, Mom, it's, it's, he's, the Lord told me it's going to be okay. Those people like that irritate you when you just want to go, what do you mean it's going to be okay? Look at the situation. But she had that confidence. I know that the Holy Spirit spoke to her. Now I do. And I did actually after it was all over with. But looking at that, I mean, she was calm and collected that rest of that trip and up there. Obviously, she was concerned about her mom, concerned about a lot of the other things. But concerning her dad, she said the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He's going to be okay. She reminded me of that the other day. Uh, because we're, of other things that we're facing and going through. She says, we just need to hear the Lord's direction. We need to hear what he's telling us. What is he telling us? I don't think the Lord has ever told me, ooh, it's doomsday. I don't think he's ever told me, you know what? You're going to pay for that. I think he speaks to, you know, he'll, make, he'll lead me to repent. He'll lead me to, to turn if I'm going the wrong direction, but I believe he always brings hope. He brings peace and he brings hope. 
That's what God wants for his church. He wants his church to be filled with the Holy Spirit for so many things that the Holy Spirit does. Why? Why does he want us to be uh, informed and at peace and, and being, you know, led? And, and all? Why does he want all this? Because we have a mission. We're not the mission. I know guys that I have, that have gone, come from the mission field, Americans that have come home from the mission field, they were missionaries for years and they came from home from the mission field and they didn't know how to be mission givers. They were just receivers. That's all they were. I mean, I, I love them. I'm not, not, I'm just saying they didn't understand that they weren't receiving from everybody so that they could do what they needed to do. They came home and instead of fitting in and letting the Holy Spirit put it, because this is a ministry just like that is a ministry that they do out there. This is a ministry of giving and praying and going and supporting. This is a ministry just as important as that is. Because if we don't do what we do here, it's going to be very difficult for them to do what they do out there. So the Holy Spirit was given to us to, to continually help us to be built up, to help us to be informed, to be instructed, to be encouraged. So let's not leave anything on the table. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is in, within me, and forget none of his benefits. I think we forget. I don't want us to forget. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your church. I thank you for these amazing people. I thank you, Father, that tonight, uh, Lord, you're visiting every heart, every life, every person. And Lord, whether we've been walking with you for, for decades or whether we've just been walking with you for a short time. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is, is, is willing, is willing to, to not just fill us up for our own good, but to fill us up so that we can do what you've called us to do, that we can testify and we can share and we can witness, that we can be informed, that we, we, we can be led, that we can be reminded, that we can walk in peace, that we can know that you're with us uh, continually, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. I thank you, Father, tonight. If we don't remember anything else, we know, Lord, that you're with us. You're with us for good. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.